Welcome, everybody. We are back in the seat once again, Jason and Wyatt. Uh, Finally. Yes. Uh, we apologize. We've had a couple different um, setbacks, so to speak, mostly family and the holiday coming in. Um, so, uh, But it's all good. Uh, how are things on your end, Jason? Pretty well, yes. My sister-in-law had a baby, so we had... Uh, several extended family members and several dogs in our house for several days. <laughs> but, hotel, uh, hotel all adjacent, right? <laughs> right. But we are we're through it now, and Mama and Baby are home, so that's great. Ready to get back into the podcasting groove. Although we right. did do one uh, for my site while we were well, right before all that went down and I put a link up over on Facebook uh, while we were waiting to do this chat and that was pretty fun talking about Knight Rider yeah you uh, you, you kind of hooked me and at first I when you I remember when you uh, asked about it I'm thinking cool I'm thinking he's going to do a solo review at first I he didn't say he invited me nothing. So I'm thinking, oh, no problem. Oh, he's going to go solo. And then um, the next text, he says, oh, no, you got a review with me. I need your input. I'm like, score. Here we go. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that was a fun, really fun uh, podcast. It was classic podcast is about the best way to put it since uh, we Skyped yeah. it up podcast, not uh, not this hangout we <laughs> migrated to but it was yeah, all it, it was all fun it had been about six months since i've been on skype just because we've been using this uh, google hangouts and it's been fun and all but uh it was weird trying to get back into the groove on skype and record and you know go through all that uh over there instead of on google hangouts but yeah it was a neat opportunity to in case you know, people watching and listening haven't checked it out. We reviewed the first uh, comic book from the Knight Rider series, um, and it was it was really cool through uh, Lion Forge Comics. And then we basically went through the history of Knight Rider and our experiences and stuff. We forgot to talk about uh, our little rendezvous with Kit. Was it last that summer? Is true. Uh, yeah. last well, spring really, but yeah, yeah, not this past, but the one prior. Sorry, 2014. That was uh, a real fun adventure, seeing some yeah. famous cars and stuff. And I yeah. found the museum. I'm telling you, the museum. If you are into like Hollywood vehicles, it's in uh, Jackson, Tennessee, which is west of. Uh, Memphis, and this dude—he literally has them all, man. He, you know, Kit, the DeLorean, uh, the General, the 18 van, the Batmobile. I mean, he just 
the any vehicle you can think of, Starsky and Hutch, um, Ecto One, Ecto One. He's got them all in this little yeah. museum, and it's, it seems like it's in the middle of nowhere. But, uh, <laughs> that is probably a smart thing. <laughs> you're right. Um, the only thing he doesn't have is a Thunderhawk. You need to somehow. Well, you know, I put the plug in here not too long ago uh, with our friend there that when we rendezvoused with Knight Rider, I'm sorry, Kit and the Batmobile and mm -hmm. uh, Bumblebee from the newer Transformers series and all that. Uh, I did put a bug in uh, AKA Junk's ear about Thunderhawk. I gave him all types of pictures that I had and could scare, scare up on the internet. And, uh, he said it would be pretty cool. I haven't seen anything of it. Uh, yeah. I know we spoke about it some time ago, but, you know, I said we don't have the coin to go be purchased anything like this, but <laughs> this is what we would like to do. Uh, however, just his recent um, thing that he's put together is a Lightning McQueen. He took a Dodge Stealth and put a fiberglass smiley face on it from like McQueen and painting up the windshield just like with eyeballs and I don't know if you can actually see through the windshield by any means but it is a Lightning McQueen it's pretty pretty good replica yeah I saw it and it's actually gone to that museum that I was yeah. talking about um, and I think that's where the Mater is too so he's going to have both of those for that museum um, I got to get there got to get there yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> Next time you come down, yeah, it's going to be a it's gonna be a heck of a trip. It's probably a good five or six hours from where I'm at in Alabama, but we'll we will uh, we'll figure something out. But. Yeah, we'll just have to hitch a ride with uh, one guy from uh, the John Candy movie, uh, 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 Armed and Dangerous, where he goes, oh. "Let's see how fast the son of gonna go in that truck hauling rocket fuel." <laughs> Armed and dangerous. Wow. Yeah, but All uh, right, anyway, well, uh, yeah, yeah, let's go ahead and start our show. Uh, since we've postponed it long enough, uh, we want to get <laughs> right. our fans involved and see what we, where we can take this. And uh, last time, our last mass chat, I kind of came up with the idea of uh, the dashboard, uh, what the interiors of the cars were like. And uh, I know Jason and I kind of brainstormed for another chat. And uh, he came out with this new topic, um, which we were probably going to talk about anyway. It's, it's mask, obviously. But it's uh, on the split seconds uh, vehicles toy line. So uh, we wanted to get your impression, uh, you the audience, to see what, um, what you thought. And, and we'll get to the, the comments later on uh, in the show. And there's... Quite a bit more interest, or at least more interaction with this topic than our our episode reviews that we've been doing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we've got some pretty good comments, and it's you know it's it's kind of a mystery this whole it is. second series, and um, you know you you think about it and how it you know there's no real basis behind it and. It was almost like Kenner was trying to squeeze every little drop of mask left after the, the cartoon was canceled. Um, you know, and this 
it just remains a mystery. We don't know much about it, but um, yeah, I mean, I was just thinking about something we could chat about in this split second series. This just always intrigued me. Uh, you know, I've collected several of the vehicles and I didn't really want to go into tonight, like breaking down each vehicle one by one. I think we'll save that for an actual mass cast where we can get uh, maybe Bill on the line and get his uh, two cents since I believe he's got uh, them all. Um, I've got probably about 75% of the vehicles, but you know, there's no real information. At least I've never found any information out there on the, the origin of the toy line and why Kenner kind of deviated from the original concept, at least in my opinion, uh, again, and we've got these uh, vehicles that are essentially uh, two in one, you know, each one has their own uh, like air vehicle and one on the ground that it splits into. And you know, that's what we just wanted to discuss. Maybe some theories and uh, just some insight into some from some of the collectors out there about this toy line and you know, where Kenner might have been going with it, you know, at the time. So I put did a blog post and uh, I did a shared up on Facebook about it and we've got you know several comments but I posed a few questions and I guess let me get your take on them Wyatt we'll go through each one and then we'll get to uh, what our fellow fans uh, had to say but um, you know the split second series each came with two figures one was right. of the agent and they had what they call a clone which was almost holographic it was like see-through this looks like uh, it was made out of jello or something you know <laughs> probably <laughs> different uh different colors and such um and you know that was one of the questions i posed was what was the purpose of the clones um and trying to think of well were they you know controlled by the agents or were they somehow they're like own artificial intelligence or something. And, uh, why are they only shown, you know, flying in the vehicles on the box art? So that was uh, a couple things I threw out there uh, about that. And, you know, just for me, the, the, the main question that always kind of uh, stuck in my mind was, okay, so you're driving, you're driving this vehicle on the ground, but you're still controlling a clone that's in a vehicle flying above how can you how can you Did focus you you know? yeah really that was my my thought about it what do you, what say you <laughs> well i don't know know too much about this the, the purpose of the clone uh i would think as as the title implies he clone he clones you to or the the driver to to do your mission but uh, reading up what little I can find, uh, Albert Paneo wrote up a little snippet mm -hmm. on his where it says that um, the 
Each set came with a driver and a mask that called their splitting image to drive the second vehicle. Um, in the box art, like you, you had shown that it was the clone that typically flew, because I think most of these were flying, uh, had a ground and an air type uh, vehicles. Uh, I, I don't know how you would control it uh, <laughs> unless you're like RoboCop. I don't know how you would control two things at once. I would think it would actually be uh, slightly more of an advantage to go and do uh, uh, if the agent was flying and the clone was on the ground and it mimicked your movement as you right. flew. That makes a little more sense. Not a lot because the the pilot would have to mimic, you know, follow the road or follow the course. Um, that yeah. Let's lay it out because if you you're up there dogfighting it with, out with whomever, uh, you, you make a quick left. Guess what? Uh, the guy who was on the ground is probably in the trees or down a cliff or something. Right. right. There. So so it doesn't, and maybe that's why there was never a cartoon for this because they couldn't figure out how to incorporate the clones. Yeah. Well. To even realistically somewhat incorporate that, like you say, to to make it halfway legitimate, they'd have to be an AI, or yeah, that's yeah, really an or, AI of some sort. Yeah, or you know, I think at one point maybe even somebody said um, in one of the comments, which we'll get to, about um, that maybe the it's controlled by the mass computer or something, you know, from a distance. There's that um, possibility. Uh, I guess, but you know the way you know Brad Turner. I I think of clones. I think of like a hologram, and he usually used that more as a diversion, or right. to you know trick somebody, or you know oh he's over here, but I'm actually over here, and right, it that just wouldn't work. That kind of thinking, you know, uh, when you're talking about the the, the 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 agent and then the the clone figure which now this kind of led into the second question I posed about the the two vehicles that parted you know um, you know throughout the series we've always had the regular mode well at least the first two series it was like the regular car and then defense mode that right. they changed into and then you know we get into the racing series. Oh, yeah, there was a couple vehicles that that had uh, two parts. Um, you think of Goliath, it was that kind of platform, and then Matt had the, you know, race car that flew uh, off of the back of it. You had the, the buzzard race car with Miles and Maximus that kind of split off, and then it had, well, it actually had, you know, Three, it had like a third jet that was, I think, uh, unmanned or whatever. It was just uh, controlled by one of them. So there was a few vehicles in there in the racing series, but you know, every single one of these split into two parts, and it just naturally kind of led to me. Well, why are they using the clones instead of just having two agents? You know, they could have. That's a very good question. They could have made the vehicle. Kind of like they did in, in some of the the racing uh, 
toy line where there are our two agents, Volcano and Goliath, well, and even Rhino was a two. And Rhino, agent. yeah. So, and you know, you could have had. I think I can't remember if it came with two agents or not. It did, but yeah, it came yeah. with Matt, Matt, and the uh, Ultra Flash, and it came with the uh, Bruce Sato. Right. So yeah, I mean, they'd done it before. I just don't understand why. Uh, and somebody made the point that we'll get to as well that there's no new agents in this toy line. So, you know, it, that would lead me to believe that they were just trying to squeeze as much as they could out of this, trying to come up with something and get it out, uh, you know, to the public rather than right. trying to build another cartoon around it to, you know, do that. And they're just using existing agents. And could easily be, um, I like the idea the that there are a split vehicle. There's two options. Um, if they would have done, like you said, a two-agent versus a clone, I think it would have been more feasible and probably even uh, a better setup for another cartoon. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, other than that, uh, it, it, it seems like that was a – they were just – I almost say grasping at straws, market market-wise, to get out of get as much, like you said, out of the mask franchise as possible before yeah. you know it's time to go. <laughs> right. Um, and then a few more things we'll go through uh, that I kind of came up with. Some things that I've noticed when thinking about split seconds. Um, there was a little bit of difference in. Some of the vehicle names, and we got this, I think, in the the racing series as well, where there was a USA version like Barracuda. It was changed to Jackal for the European release. And then the European boxes didn't use the Split Seconds logo at all, which was kind of weird to me. So it was almost like, well, maybe they were trying to come up with some kind of new concept and pitch it in America where the, you know, the cartoon was produced, um, maybe they were trying to develop something. And then, you know, by the time they got to the European release, they were like, well, not, it's not going to happen. And <laughs> just slap the mask logo back on there and, and uh, release it to Europe, you know? Right. Um, so that was another little thing there that really much more into that. But, um, and then go back to the agents that we were talking about, it seemed like there was more, and I would call them like second tier agents used um, instead of some of the originals, you know, like Brad Turner and Sly Rax. They did use, obviously, they had to have Matt Tracker and Miles Mayhem, uh, but it seemed like these vehicles used those agents that you know, we haven't really even got to in our review on MassCast. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I mean, Brusato was in there. and But, uh, yeah, like uh, Bruno and, uh, um, well, Gloria, that's another one, too. Here we are. Gloria finally gets a vehicle. It's not Shark. Um, she doesn't even get a, quote, unquote, Aura mask. They can't remember what they call it in this series. It's something different, like Collider or something, maybe. Um, but it kind of looks like Aura. But why? <laughs> Poor Gloria. You know, she's pretty much one of the main characters throughout the whole series. 
up through, well, at least the first season, you know. And she's almost like an afterthought. Yeah. And wasn't really any, I don't know. It didn't seem to me like there's any originality with the name. I mean, they named the, the vehicle Stiletto. Well, that was Sly Rax. Uh, it, that That's, was his mask. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That just that always baffled me. I know it baffles a lot of people that really wanted uh, Shark. You know, I, I put up a poll uh, a while back on Facebook, and I put um, the question was, which would you have rather had been produced in the mass toys, Shark or uh, a Venom base or a playset? And Shark blew it out of the water. <laughs> it was like 80% to 20%. Right. So, you know, a lot of people are, baffled at that right um and then just a couple other things you know we already kind of discussed this was there a plan for a new cartoon or comic um and another thing i've noticed too if you go on youtube and you're looking for tv commercials or videos you know on on the toys there was no real advertising campaign for split seconds really uh, no, there was no commercials that I could ever find. Uh, I don't, you know, it's hard for me to remember <laughs> uh, 30 years ago. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you go search for a mask TV commercial or whatever on YouTube, you're not going to find anything on split seconds. There's only a few, like, uh, toy catalogs, really, that I've found from Kenner that are actually kind of showing the vehicles, but those are more geared toward, you know, the the store owners and and such back then. Where Kenner's like, all right, here's what we got coming out. You know, get ready to get your, you know, <laughs> store stocked up. Right. And there was no real pitch to the kids. You know, it's almost like, oh, these appeared on the toy shelves one day, and wow, this is cool. <laughs> Maybe that's why it, you know. That floundered. Yeah, it yeah, didn't go kind of faded away because they didn't really push it, at least that I could find. Um, and then the final little mystery with Split Seconds is the two vehicles we know that were never produced, but we've seen, I think, over on Albert Pineo, and I know uh, up on Matt Tracker and BoulderHill.net, they both have pictures of Thunderball and Ramp Up, which... Uh, someone noted as I'm going through the comments that these look more like something out of the racing series anyway, that might've carried over or something and just never were uh, produced. But uh, it, uh, that's another mystery because if you even look in the, um, the, the photos that I put up on the, the post, which is actually from one of the Kenner catalogs, uh, it's got an advertisement for Thunderball, and there's no real picture of the, what I would call the main vehicle, Matt Tracker's vehicle, Skybolt, on the on the poster. So, no, it's, but it's coming in the spring of '88, <laughs> right? So that was interesting too, because it seems like you know this Thunderball and well, Thunderball and Ramp Up, they're both right there, right? Um, it was like they're planning to 
to come out, but for some reason you know, they were never made. Maybe it was just because uh, they look kind of crappy. <laughs> they don't really, you know, they're not a vehicle of sorts. You know, Thunderball no. is like a, it's like a uh, billboard blast, you know, with Dusty in there that opens up and shoots a little missile, and it looks like uh, here. I don't remember which figure it was. If it was Cliff Dagger with that one, and he's kind of encapsulated in this water tower or something. I don't know. Right. Oh, uh, and ramp up. I don't know what in the world that was supposed to be. Other well, than some kind of obviously a ramp. <laughs> well, I the only thing I can come up with with the ramp up is it. It would be very feasible with the Boulder Hill gas station because every now and then you'd see um, Buddy working under a car. That could double as one of the weapons for Boulder Hill. Um, but it's not movable, so it's one of those where do you use that outside to work on a car? or Because right. you can't do it, use it inside and blast out because then you open the door or your shield. And it kind of defeats the purpose of having Boulder Hill transform into its defense mode. Yeah. Um, I, think uh, it was... I don't know what it would be great for. Like you said, there's no wheels. It's not an, it's not yeah. a car of any type. So it yeah. is Hondo. It is Hondo. That's so we know it's a mask uh, on yeah. the mask side. So that's weird. <laughs> that's what I was looking at on your poster here that you, you have up. Uh, there's a lot more mask vehicles than there are venom. I think I counted, uh, one, two, three, four, four Venom and like six or seven mask vehicles. So even uh, it was, I mean, we know that Venom seems to always be the underdog, but it was, it was like they were really pushing for the mask good guy yeah. uh, side here rather than get, at least give Venom a little bit of a fair fight. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's pause for a second. We got a question from Philip. And uh, we appreciate Philip. He's one of our faithful watchers and uh, listeners. And he posed the question, are you more used to the good and evil aspect of the mask brand than the whole racing bit? Um, well, for me personally, I, you know, I'm definitely into the, I guess what you would call the first season of mask and that whole, um, I don't want to say like a, as a Aaron. concept. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's masked to me, the racing series, you know, it lasted 10 episodes and I have watched a couple episodes just as I've, you know, been doing research and stuff for, well, those videos I put together too of Vanessa and Rax. Um, I've watched a couple episodes of the racing series and it's just, it's different to me. I wouldn't say it's bad, but it's not the typical, you know, mask that we know and that was run for over the course of a year and longer. I think I don't, I don't know if the, if the season two episodes ever got back into syndication, that'd be something I'd be interested in. Right. We know that it, the mask series started in, I believe it was in October of 85. And then 
think it was the following September, October in, in 86 is when the racing series uh, debuted. But of course, Mask lasted a lot longer than that on television. Right. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts as far as the, the whole uh, really the battle versus Mask and Venom? Versus this whole racing concept where they're um, not necessarily, I mean, they're battling each other, but not as a, almost a good versus evil way. I haven't watched the racing series. I don't think I even watched it as a kid, so I can't speak on it. Uh, not yet. Eventually we'll get there in our, our episode <laughs> rundown. But, uh, I, I would have to defer to the that I do like the good versus evil. I like the battling. I like this tug of war that goes on uh, that they seem to display with uh, Mask and Venom. Um, it aligns yeah. more with the 80s cartoons. In right, because he always had like, like the Autobots and Decepticons, yeah, G.I. Joe right. versus Cobra. It, it really fell in line with that. So I don't know what that racing series, if that was an attempt to try something, a new concept, or kind of pull out of the mold that was going on in, in the 80s. I don't know what that was. Yeah. There was always two factions, no matter what show you're watching, Masters of the Universe, Thundercats, Silverhawks. I mean, excuse me. There's always those those good versus evil um, struggle, and you know, like I said, was the racing series uh, a bad concept? Probably not, but it just did not work for what everyone was used to watching cartoons back then, and it's probably why it only got ten episodes. Um, I, I would like to learn the a little bit of the history on that. Why it only got ten? It's right. a strange number. You know, usually, even uh, startup series, uh, you'll see get it's usually thirteen. I think is the is the number, and then I, I don't know. It's just weird that you only got ten. Why stop at ten? Was there right. only enough material to last for the ten? Or did they just say, eh, this this isn't going to work, and they just chopped it, you know? Um, I don't think there's any kind of resolution in the very last episode. I, I don't know if I've ever actually watched it that I remember um, of the racing series. But I don't know. It's interesting. I'd, I'd like to hear some opinions from some other people as well. Because obviously, there were some great vehicles, and they marketed the crap out of it. Uh, there's, you know, tons of commercials out there for the racing series. And uh, the, the one that sticks in, out of my mind is the Matt's uh, race car, you know, coming down and how those those tires kind of rotate out and land right in front of you uh, in the commercial. That's a lasting image there. But um, right. Uh, yeah. We'll just kind of, I guess we'll kind of end it there, but we could go <laughs> another chat, you know, about the racing series as well. But right, let's uh, let's move on, and uh, you know, this is this is what I like about the chats because we can stop and interrupt, and we can go down the bunny trails and stuff. But there's a, a couple people that um, 
commented uh, in in detail in length um, on the website and on Facebook, and one of them was uh, Peter Cyperda. Uh, I want to if I'm butchering the name, I apologize, Peter. But um, he's in talking about the points that I brought up and. He goes into about the clones. Um, he thinks it's because of the nature of the transformations of the splitting vehicles as to why they had the clones and why the box art is the other way around um, is beyond me. It's just not logical. I guess referring to you know why the the clone is in the air and right. <laughs> the agents on the ground. Um, as far as the two-part vehicles, he says, I think it's just a simple, I think it's just simple. They, Kenner, wanted to try something new to keep the kids interested in masks, but I think it's just ironic. In my opinion, they would do just fine with a new line of normal vehicles. Even back in the day, split seconds never had the same appeal as the classic vehicles. And I would tend to agree with that. I mean, there were some cool ones in split seconds. Yeah. Because you had some, you know, they had some licensing done. We know that. Right. You had the, uh, the uh, Corvette, 63 Corvette. You had the Pontiac Fiaro and the Lamborghini. You had the uh, Volkswagen Beetle. There was another one in there um, that were, you know, in, in the that poster, you know, it shows the, the licensing. Maybe it's not this poster, but there's another one of the other uh, catalogs it actually talks about the, you know, this is licensed from Volkswagen, you know, whatever. Right. Um, so that's, that's interesting to me that they would, unless they already had that under their belt and wanted to just, you know, use these licenses from GM and Could be. Volkswagen or whatever. Um, and just come up with those vehicles. So, you know, they to me they're they're cool. Uh, I don't remember you know walking down the toy aisle as a kid and um, you know encountering encountering them for the first time. But um, I don't know. I, what do you think about the licensing? Isn't that kind of strange? Yeah, because I know that there's uh, I know that they do have to get uh, of course permission to do any type of uh, use of a vehicle like the. Thunderhawk with the with the Chevy Camaro and so forth, they would have had to have done. They would have had to have something in 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 their plans that were that to to get that license to be able to put to produce these toys, and that maybe it was one of those where they they had a, I'll say a bundle of licenses already, right. you know, from day one. And they only did so many per what they what we call seasons, but for for each toy line, and they never got to those last few. And they're like, you know what? Instead of just sitting on these licenses and not doing anything with them, let's make them some some toys and see if it grabs hold. Like we've discussed, do we want to see if we can spin out a new series out of it or? see if the toy line can kind of live on its own. Right. Uh, it could have been just the last, you know, who knows? It could have been something that, 
you know, they someone last a sales guy or or marketer came in at the last second and said, "Hey, I got these licenses. Let's make some toys." And boom, we get what we got. Uh, I, I don't know. That's the one thing I wish we could find out, and maybe we can try to do some research uh, with Kenner, like the original Kenner people that were on the mask side of things, to see what their their plan was if we could yeah. find maybe some of the writers from the mask series maybe we that would give us some insight if they were just spewing you know spitting out scripts all day long and didn't name anything after i would call it the the the, the bracing series era maybe they had something in the works and they were going to change the names you know after the 10 but the 10 episodes kind of was the yeah we it it's done yeah. I don't know. It's really hard to to. I mean, we like like you said, we 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 can theorize all day long, but fact is, we just need to get a hold of someone from Kenner, one of the writers, yeah. and say, "Hey, what was the deal? What were you thinking or not thinking? You know, sit down, chat with us, and that's an invitation. If you're happen to be watching, you know, call in, hang out, whatever, <laughs> email, and let us know." So operators are standing by. Just wait. Just don't let Jason call the 800 number to PBS. <laughs> yes, that's never going to die. <laughs> oh, the pranksters we were as kids. That was primarily you. I was just the... the <laughs> okay, me. It was me. Yeah, I was in the getaway car. <laughs> um, well, I, when you were talking about that, I was thinking too when we talked to Doug, um, and he talked about uh, uh, Brian George that came on board with them for the racing series, and that's another thing that just kind of baffles me that you know they're hiring they were hiring new voice actors, uh, you know, for the racing series. Um, so they were, you know, they were revving up, they were gearing up to to push mask through, you know, to the next, for the next season, the next level. And that's this, the thing we don't know. Maybe there was something on financing, maybe their financing, or they saw something in the market going, you know, Hey, we're starting to take a dip. Let's just cut our losses now before we lose everything. Yeah. You know, we, we really don't know. Um, yeah, why, like you said, it does sound like it did sound like they were trying to ramp up at least. Right. Um, it just it, it, it bugs me that just for, I, I think you're you hit the nail on the head there with they probably had these licenses for the vehicles and maybe they were you know had a time limit or something and they were just like okay well let's just let's just use what we got and that'll be the next you know line of toys. Right. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's crazy. Um, let's, uh, I'll just continue on with Peter's comments here and then we'll get on to the next person. Um, he, in reference to uh, the agents, uh, he says, I think it's a nice balance from tier one and tier two agents, but I'd love to see some new agents. Be a nice twist to see a former mask or venom agent on uh, the other side. Well, that was cool. That would, yeah. Because we saw that in uh, we saw that in Transformers, like 
one of the first few episodes, they had a guy that made a choice to be yeah. to move from Decepticon to Autobot. Um, so that would have been a great thing to see. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jet, Jetfire. Yeah, Jetfire. So it'd be kind of cool to see, like, Dagger, you know, get tired of being called stupid and go over to yeah. to to the mask side of things. That would have been neat. Yeah. Uh, Peter also says about the media not having much advertising. He says, I'm curious about that, too, especially a, a cartoon. Was it in development? How far? Did they have storyboards or a backstory? Someone should know something. That's what we're <laughs> hoping uh, somebody does. We'll get to. You know, we've we've come up on little nuggets like that. Um, we've seen. I've seen uh, portfolios go across on eBay for the like the original concepts and storyboards and stuff. And we've uh, one of the other sites. I found I put up a post about uh, some of the original drawings and coloring and such, and there's got to be some stuff out there somewhere that maybe somebody has tucked away that could shed some light on this a little bit. That'd be great. Maybe someone has a recording of uh, Doug Stone and and gang doing a recording session, like like I had stumbled upon with uh, Thundercats. Yes, that would be cool. I'd like to find more of those actually. Uh, I saw one of Garfield and Friends, which was pretty funny. Oh yeah, um, it's out there on YouTube. But yeah, those kind of behind-the-scenes little you know videos are fun to watch. Yeah, and how the the shows were actually made and you know the recording and everything. Uh, that would be cool if if those if that would come up. Um, we can see uh, Doug and Sharon and Brennan and everybody in action. That would be really cool. Uh, and then just to finish out uh, Peter's comment um, about Thunderball and Ramp Up, they were the oddballs in this whole lineup. Even if there was a cartoon, in my opinion, they would have felt out of place in the whole split seconds theme. They should have been released with the racing series. Yeah. So he or he says uh, a hypothetical second tier racing series. Um, so that's where I read that before. But uh, yeah, thanks to Peter for leaving a really detailed comment there. And um, we've got several more to get through. You want to take the next one? Yeah, I'm kind of doing a Google uh, IMDb search because he says, Mark Lungo says, uh, has anyone noticed how many of the vehicle names were recycled from Centurions? No, so I, actually have, I actually have it. Um, I did the little research myself. They did use uh, the names Detonator and Skybolt in the Centurion vehicles. Okay. And there's also one that was called Hornet, which was later used for uh, Mask Laser Command, which really wasn't a part of Split Seconds or really anything. That was that one with the the blue firecracker-looking truck and then the crate that turned into a jet and... It had the, you could, uh, it was like the light. Um, they, they could interact with each other and the, you could shoot light at the other one and it would seemingly blow up, you know. Right. Uh, it was kind of like the Thundercats layer that I had uh, as a kid, the electronic one, where you could shoot, the, you had the, uh, the mutants on this little vehicle 
and you were up there on the the cat's head, you know, on the on cat's layer, and right. it had a little, little light beam. You could shoot down, and you could hit. If you hit the vehicle, something would, you know, fly off or something. So you would want, and then if um, the vehicle hit cat's layer, it did something. I don't know if the doors opened or I can't remember. It's been so long, but. Anyway, so it, yeah, it did seem like Kenner <laughs> kind of recycled a few of the names uh, from Centurions because Centurions came out in 86. And we know Split Seconds came out in 87, 88 in that range. So uh, they, yeah, yeah, maybe they did recycle a few names. That was a pretty good point. Right. Uh, then we have uh, Christopher Kent commented. Yeah, he said, uh, I always assumed the clones were controlled by the agents, like the high-tech equivalent of multiple man from X-Men. And I'll have to defer to somebody else because I really never got into X-Men. Same uh, here. I mean, I've watched so the somewhat recent movies, but that's it. So, yeah, um, I don't know. Oh, we got another question here from Philip. Let's take that while we're in the middle. Have you done anything special for the 30th anniversary of Mask? Hmm. Uh, I did hang my calendar. Uh, <laughs> I found out early last year that the there was an insert that came with, I think it was the Series 2 toys, that had a calendar from 1987 and on the flip side was 1988 and 1987 is actually fits perfectly with 2015. So you can hang up your mask calendar this year and actually use it. <laughs> uh, so I guess I did that. Um, I don't know. Perhaps he's referring to us as uh, a collective of agents of mask. If we are going to do anything or have done anything special for this year. I know that we're working with um, a lot of our partners, uh, referring to Eric at boulderhill.net and uh, um, Bill. Bill over uh, matttracker.com and, and such. But we haven't, nothing concrete uh, has, has kind of festered. I know that Myself and Bill Ferries are going to RetroCon in September in, I know it's not exactly Philadelphia, but it's in Pennsylvania. Uh, we're going to go there, and um, I think, and I'm still going to have to double check with him, but I think we're going to do basically a walking tour, video cam type of thing. It won't be live. I haven't been able to find a good source to, to pull off live yet, although we have some cool stuff at work. I don't know that I'm going to be able to borrow these uh, X hundred thousand dollar pieces of equipment for free <laughs> um, and be able to use the cell phone. Uh, but anyway, uh, it it's um, that's what we plan to do. Um, I'm going to be taking up Jason's truckload of stuff to be signed by uh, uh, Doug Stone. Just the poster. Uh, just the poster. I am. I, I've had an idea. Well, I've had a couple ideas um, because uh, our mask day, which we celebrated for the first time last year, is actually in September. 
uh, I want to say it's like the 16th or something. It might actually be during that weekend um, when the actual anniversary was when the cartoon um, debuted. The ideas that I've had, I wanted to do a t-shirt and just depends on the funding and uh, people will get behind it. Maybe we could um, mass produce a t-shirt commemorating the 30th. Um, something like uh, the bring back mask or we want mask.com uh, site. Right. And, and trying to get people, you know, aware of that we wanted to come back and give some of those away maybe to some people that are going to attend RetroCon, get some people's attention. Um, so that was one idea. One, if that doesn't happen, uh, I do want Wyatt to print out some brochures for you, whether you get a table or not, and maybe we can work it out to where we can, wherever Doug's going to be, we can get him on his table just for free that essentially highlights uh our site and the the trio of uh sites really uh right. agents of mask and matttracker.com boulderhill.net and then uh, possibly on the back side also have uh, the we want mask information and maybe a little history of mask and uh a quick little pitch or something on there to, you know, if somebody would pick it up and see it, uh, would get their attention to maybe uh, look into it, you know. Um, obviously, we got a movie script. A lot of people have got movie scripts, it seems now, for Mask, and um, the interest is there. So I want something maybe just to uh, give away to – essentially for the 30th anniversary, but also to promote it, you know? Um, so I, I do definitely want to do that uh, for you guys when you're there and, you know, print up a few hundred to give away and uh, keep people interested. <laughs> so that's, that was kind of behind the scenes that I just brought, to the forefront, so I'm gonna have to come through on one of those uh, <laughs> now, I guess. But um, you know, there's there's numerous other things that I've kind of jotted down in my notes that would be fun to do uh, for Mask Day, and um, I still want to get some more voice actors on Mask Cast. I think that would be yes, fun. that'd be awesome. Um, I'm friends with a couple on Facebook, but I haven't been able to uh, reach out to them and you know, set up a time or anything. So we'll keep our fingers crossed on that because um, that would be fun to get their reaction like we did with Doug Stone, um, especially on the 30th anniversary and you know how uh, Mask is still here. You know, <laughs> that's right. Faded off into the distance, you know. Uh, it'd be fun to get their reactions. So, are you, uh, other than what we've mentioned, were you planning 
Uh, like you, I've had some brainstorm ideas, and we've talked off and on, on and offline. Um, but uh, I'm, I was in the line of thinking, like, doing some T-shirts, even if it's just, like, for Bill and me to to carry around and, you know, hey, support, we want mm-hmm. mask. But I wanted, to, I wanted to see us do kind of a support thing, perhaps even a GoFundMe uh thing where we can you know hey you get a free t-shirt if you throw in five ten bucks or whatever uh and see what we can do with this we want mask uh effort and see where where it goes from there the brochure thing i think that'd be a good idea i don't think we're gonna do a table uh i just don't think uh between bill and i we could have we pull off a table well so i think we're just gonna walk the place and, and be regular old fans and do a little. Yeah. Just pass uh, them out or whatever, you know? Right. Um, and if there's, you spot somebody with a mask shirt on or something, maybe we'll print out a few more of those little mini posters or something you can give them. And maybe that's <laughs> what we can do is, you know, we're brainstorming, we're brainstorming live. So take this for as it is. Uh, maybe that's something we can do is, Put put together like you said a poster or T-shirt or something, uh, and if we see someone with a mask shirt of some sort, you know, hey, here's your prize. Go see Doug Stone. Maybe he'll sign it for you or something <laughs> along that line. Uh, Occupy Retrocon. There you go. <laughs> well, we don't want to go overboard, but at the same time, yeah, it would be fun to have. You know, especially with Doug being there, um, it would be nice to have some other noise, you know, peripheral to him as far as, uh, you know, us being there and um, being recognized. I think Bill is actually going to introduce him. So he'll, and he might be actually moderating the panel because he's, uh, it's going to be Doug and they've got uh, uh, Mr. Kinney remember his first name that was a uh, line from the Thundercats. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, they've got, I want to say they've got the guy that did Duke on GI Joe. Oh yeah. Michael I've, Bell. I keep, yeah. My, Michael Bell. Um, you know, I've seen some Michael names Bell. pop up. Michael Bell. I, I gotta do it. I gotta do the Google. Um, but I think Michael Bell, the reason I, I notice him, not because of G.I. Joe, I think it's actually, and I will confirm my theory, is I think he played the voice of um, uh, Lance on Voltron. Possible. I think that's, I, I, I'm, ah, I was right. Ha. One for me. <laughs> That's him. He was Lance, and of course he played he played uh, uh, Vance before he um, they killed him off in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I thought I was right. Uh, but yeah, that's well, why uh, that's why I would go to see him. I could care less about GI Joe. I want to see him for for being Lance, the Red Lion. Yeah. Well, to uh, to kind of wrap up Philip's question, <laughs> you know if. Yeah, if you're looking to do something for Masks 30th, that would be an excellent. If you're in the area for RetroCon, 
to support Doug. That's his, gonna be his first convention. Um, and, you know, he's gonna be a part of that panel of uh, voice actors, which ought to be really fun. And he'll, you know, have a signing session and stuff there, but to, you know, essentially support him and to make him feel comfortable and to also at the same time celebrate the 30th. Right. And that would be, that'd be a great opportunity for, for uh, any mask fan to uh, be to RetroCon and, and do that. So, uh, you want to get back to some more comments here? Yeah, the, we, we went on a bunny trail once again. Uh, well, we've got a couple more, and then uh, uh, one of our fans named The Arbitrator, he just uh, went into detail on pretty much every vehicle um, in the comments, and we appreciate that. I mean, that's, it took some time. I think he <laughs> ended up making like four or five comments, but excuse me. We'll go ahead and... Um, uh, get through a couple and then there's a little summary that he posted that kind of wrapped up um what he thought about the series so uh, I'll, is, I'll, I'll go ahead and tackle yeah. an indian man okay well, ask, well well as big of a fan mask fan as i was this set was one set i never had i had to leave all my mask stuff behind when i moved um uh, Though I was way over 21, but still I had all my mask items. I would have loved to have had some of these items. And uh, I know I, I'm like you. I have uh, collections that have uh, magically disappeared in its <laughs> lifetime with the moves. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you can be like Jason and just go out and recollect everything. Um, it's going to take some dedication, let me tell you. Yeah, it does. Uh, if you want to do it the way I did, and I've mentioned this before on the show, is you pretty much become a mask dealer. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, the way I did it, well, I would say go ahead and uh, head to, I think it's MaskCast22, I think we did, with Bill. Yeah. And, which is that's, basically... That's a three-part series, I think. Yeah, that was a, an extensive... Uh, podcast on collecting and our techniques and how we got some of the rare stuff and so forth. So um, I would say go to MassCast 22 and check that out um, as far as if you're going to try to recollect uh, some of these uh, and don't want to pay, you know, a hundred dollars per vehicle on eBay, like some of them go for. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, one of our uh, uh, frequent viewers and listeners, Von Baskin, uh, he commented, uh, "Whoa! I wish they extended that era," uh, referring to, you know, the split second series. So it sounds and, like he was very interested in in this series. Yeah, well, I think like lots of us were um got another one here this person didn't leave his name just his handle right arc a n j l one three he says my feeling uh, or she i'm sorry my feeling is that the seconds or clones are holograms of the driver to pilot the air vehicle as either an attack or distraction element 
a cartoon of the series would have been interesting and fun. I really like a previous comment about having a defection from one of the teams or possibly a double agent, kind of like punch counterpunch from the Transformers. They could have a car with shifting panels to change the vehicle from bad to good as well as the figure. I like that idea. Yeah. Uh, the ramp up and Thunderball are most certainly carryovers from the racing series. A Gloria Baker figure is an interesting one. One can only think she and possibly Shark were slated for the racing series, but uh, was moved to the split seconds and a vehicle changed to go with said change. Unfortunately, maybe Hasbro or a third party will give us a real Shark one day, but I'm sure that topics for another time. Uh, keep up the great work, guys. Love the site. And thank you for that. Um, mm -hmm. we, uh, we, mostly Jason, uh, do our best to to put a good good effort on the on our site. Uh, but these are good. This is good input. Uh, I, I like uh, your thoughts on the shifting panels uh, going from a, like a good car to a bad car or figure. Uh, that's actually a good – that could have been a good um, – cartoon bait or you know to grab us uh and cling cling us into that series and keep it going even maybe another year or two um for that yeah. and maybe that's where they were going but something floundered I, you know we speculated but uh who knows yeah well that's what this whole chat was about speculating <laughs> uh, we did yeah uh, uh we finally hit uh the arbitrator yeah, and I'm going to uh, read this uh, one little paragraph towards the end of his comments, and I do invite everybody to go over there and check it out because he didn't go it's through very it good, pretty, very detailed. I like very it. extensively. But um, he says towards the end, in my opinion, this series of toys was released hurriedly as an afterthought. There seems to be no rhyme or reason for it, and the poor design of the vehicles, the poor fitting, and badly made masks the underpainted figures and the total lack of promotion in cartoons or comics indicates to me anyway, that Kenner was trying to bring a few more dollars out of a concept that had possibly run its course. In spite of this, I would have loved to seen a fifth wave, whether another split second series, uh, clones for Calhoun and Nash, a return in the old style or some other concept entirely. Ideally, for me, Split Seconds would have been released as a second racing series wave. Stiletto, Wolf Beast, Fire Force, Afterburner, Barracuda, and Skyball all look awesome in their vehicle modes and probably could have been amazing as racing vehicles without the splitting function. Only Vandal and Dynamo are the real turkeys of this line. They don't look great in vehicle mode, and their attack modes are laughable. Detonator may be... Great in the eyes of some, but I think it's fugly. <laughs> Notice that I don't think enough of that one even to mention in any of the above comments. So, yeah, I mean, he was a little more critical of the series, and I think the best part of uh, Detonator is the paint job, that pink with the green kind of, it's not really flames, but um, it was interesting anyway. Uh, I do like the functionality of it and how they it kind of folds down and I think it becomes like a hovercraft and then the that green uh, four wheeler 
bike or whatever it's supposed to be. Right. Um, and I guess that's part <laughs> that's uh, going along with what he said is some of them do look a little strange in what they're supposed to be, but the shells at least of like the ones uh, he mentioned before, which are, you know, the licensed ones, I mean, those, those are really great. And well, Afterburner was that long dragster too, which was really cool, which would, uh, I guess would have fit in with the racing series more uh, than this separate one. Right. But I don't know how much you can race cross country with a dragster, but <laughs> not uh, very well. Not on, uh, not on winding roads like Pennsylvania, man, you'd be hitting all types of guardrails and hillsides and everything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a few more comments um, over on Facebook. Do you have those up by chance? I, I signed out, but I will pop that up okay. momentarily. But while um, you're here, I wanted to say uh, welcome Adrian Benoit. He's having problems joining us, but he did say that he's enjoying uh, – that he – I'm sorry. He's saying that he is watching us. Uh, and I, you know, we welcome, it, it, I, I have the, uh, uh, I guess the viewers version up as well. So if you have questions or something, please feel free to yeah. post your question there and we'll get to it there as well. So don't, uh, don't feel like you're disconnected from us. And he's the, he's the arbitrator. He says over here in the Q and a, he's in oh, okay. all the posts. So i'm not that, that was awesome uh we, we welcome that we welcome that for the uh episode uh series as well that we do uh but yeah. this is great as well and so you know some people aren't interested in the in the tv show as much as they are the toys and i that i i have no uh, no, no no disrespect at all for that you know that's that's awesome that you uh like I said, some people have more of a toy fetish or 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 comic book rather than the the cartoon, you know, that kind of thing. I'm try I'm I'm there. I'm waiting for my computer to. to <laughs> That's fine. Uh, yeah, and we're Welcome. pretty bad about <laughs> promoting the functionality of Google Hangouts and why we use it. But there's a little Q and A uh, box when you go to the hangout and you just click on that and you can send us a question and it pops up in our hangout and we can select it and, you know, answer it as, as they pile up. Right. Um, and when you log in, it's, it, it, some of it, it's like a little tiny window on the left-hand side, like the, like your start menu, like sometimes hides or comes up. So if you move your mouse to the left, you'll see the, uh, you might see the, uh, I'll call it a control panel, if you will, where it says chat. Uh, you'll eventually see a Q&A. So that's how you can get a hold of us uh, mm -hmm. directly. As far as this Hangout, we also have, like I said, the the uh, viewer side of things, which is more like a uh, haphazard Facebook type of style um, that has comments. But I am in our Facebook, and I see one comment. Uh, from Lin Lindsay West, and she says, "Split seconds was uh, bleep 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 bleep." I don't have the beeper button, but it was horse <laughs> something, horse crap. I'll use that. Bolt. 
So uh, I missed that one. Where, yeah. That must have been one of the other when I posted one of the pictures. But. Uh, oh, this is on the opinions of uh, the racing or split seconds. My, my poll. Oh, yeah. I, I did put up a poll about that. If, which, which did you like better, the racing or split seconds? And so Let uh, me go down a little further for the series. There's no comments for that directly, but, you know. The racing about? series. Pretty much blew it out of the water on that poll. Yeah, most results. people are saying racing series. It looks like on here, uh, Brandon Collins. Uh, if you scroll down to, this is the wonders of live, <laughs> a live chat. But if you scroll down, there, the original uh, post I did, the, the the blog post for the what seconds is where there's Peter's comment that we talked about before. I see now. And then uh, there's a couple more down below that I wanted to yeah, give those guys Paul, a shout out. Yeah, Paul Williams says Dynamo was probably the worst one, but if Thunderball or Ramp Up were produced, they would clearly be the worst. Uh, let me see. I think that's pretty much agreeable. Uh, Peter comment on that. And then there was a Robert uh, Gunino. Granani, I apologize. Mm -hmm. that I probably butchered that up. It says, although the uh, completionist in me would love Thunderball and Ramp Up, I do agree they were the worst. Uh, ramp Up, hands down, wooden spoon winner. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. And then like Paul, Paul commented again, Paul Williams, I remember as a kid reading the comics and watching the cartoons, but then being totally surprised when I saw these in the shop. Maybe I don't remember correctly, but I remember being amazed seeing the Julio Lopez car with the clone that I just had to buy it with my birthday money. So, I mean, that was, he's talking about the point that, that I was trying to get at too with no advertising and stuff. It was like, I'm sure there was instances like this where kids showed up and, oh, they got new math stuff out, you know, and what's this all about? <laughs> it's just kind of, that, you know, in the 80s, there was pretty much free reign for you to advertise however you wanted to. Right. It was in the early eighties when um, president Reagan signed the, the law or whatever that you could essentially connect the cartoons with the toys uh, and the toys and the cartoons could essentially be one big toy commercial if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, and there was no repercussions about that. And that's how, uh, you know, for the longest time in the afternoons, well, we, we still did, I guess, after that. But, you know, we had the reruns of like Tom and Jerry and, uh, you know, some of the other uh, Looney, Looney Tunes. Tunes. Parker, yeah. Yeah. Um, because they they weren't allowed to to do much of anything else in the afternoon. And then after that was signed in law, then, you know, I remember racing home from the bus to watch GI Joe and transformers in the afternoon. Um, so it all kind of changed. So it's just strange that <laughs> they, they didn't, they had no budget or they didn't put any effort into advertising with seconds. So uh, there's, let's see. 
You got Justin's comment there? Yeah, it says, sorry, but I never saw these ones. My hometown of Riverton, Wyoming, only had four stores where masks was sold. Then in the mall in Casper, Wyoming, had a larger selection, but never saw this lineup. How and where could I not only see them, but see and view the entire mask collection? My younger brothers and I had about 25 different vehicles and all accessories, but they were all stolen in 1991. Bummer. Yeah, really. Um, I I just seen Boulder Hill about a month ago in a comic book 80s toy shop. That was cool, but they want $100 for it. Uh, if it's complete, that's probably all all worth it right there. Well, yeah. I've seen them go for more if they come with the box and they're complete. Right. So, yeah, I mean, they're not cheap. They are not cheap. I've, I've actually been tempted to uh, sell back my split seconds <laughs> oh, <laughs> and yeah? my racing ones. Um, uh, I don't know. They, they, you know, like this guy saying, I, I, I never connected with them. And then, you know, when I got all crazy and went collecting, um, I was just trying to get my hands on as many as I could. Um, and they're cool and everything, but uh, I don't know. I'm getting to the point now where maybe I just want to keep the ones that, you know, I revere more, which are the ones from the season one cartoon, you know. Right. First, the first couple uh, toy lines. So, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll get rid of them someday and make a ton of money to, uh, maybe. I don't know, to buy something. <laughs> and I'm into action figures lately, so sell and feed. I mean, that's what I did when I first started collecting again. I I sold all my GI Joes except for my Sky Striker. I still have that and uh, the Ace figure. That's anything left from my original collection. I sold all my GoBots, which I kind of regret now yeah because that was like one of the, your favorites i had the command center uh which still actually worked that had a little buzzer you, you click um and the the face on the robot would light up and i had maybe i don't know half a dozen of those i did find the the, the train one i want to say his name was loco he's one of the bad guys and it was in a bin of matchbox cars nice uh so i still have that one he's the only one i have left and i also sold i had some rambo stuff i had the rambo helicopter oh yeah that's right you did i had uh the figure with the uh he had the rocket launcher that shot out yeah uh just this year the folks at NECA, who have their action figures are awesome um and I, I don't know if it's for Comic-Con, you know, San Diego, the main Comic-Con this year, that they're going to sell it. But I've seen it online. I'm sure they're going to be available in, in stores and stuff. But they made a Rambo figure. And they it just it ticked me off because they teased it on the, the packaging, that, the, that red rocket launcher, you know, right. the classic, that uh, it doesn't come with it. It's, it comes with a bunch of accessories, and it looks great. I mean, it's really detailed and very well articulated. Right. Than the old figure, but 
I was like, oh man, you gotta have that rocket launcher in there because that, that was part back. of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, saw, I sold all that, so I'm stuck with uh, uh, mask. <laughs> I'm stuck. Well, I'm not stuck with mask, but uh, I have a few odds and ends here. I found a uh, a Murdoch figure that's missing an arm. Uh, really? So I have a one-armed Murdoch. That's everything left from my uh, uh, my 18 collection, which wasn't much. I think I had Murdoch, and I had BA because BA had a he came with a toolkit. He came with like a toolbox and. Like, I do remember your BA. I don't remember Murdoch. I I had Murdoch. I don't remember what Murdoch came with. Some machine guns or something. And then I had, I wish I could find it. I'm sure my dad is garage sales long ago. It was gone, but I had the 18 van. It was the Ertl Diecast 18 van. And it was, it was pretty big. It was still small for the figures because I had to open up the sliding door and just shove them in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and it had a, a, like a fake BA that drove it. It was just a, he was all brown, uh, wasn't detailed, and it was just a torso, and he was in the driver's seat. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I can remember this stuff. But the, the seats rotated, you know, like in the oh, – On the series, band, yeah. The, the front seat there, and um, oh, I love that thing. I just it, – it was pro it's probably beat the hell if it still exists somewhere. <laughs> um, but, man – that was so much fun. I, I played so much with that. So lately I've, uh, I've just, I've gone back to action, just action figures of all kinds, mainly from China. <laughs> uh, I go on eBay now and there's a ton of uh, China sellers. And if you're lucky enough, like I have been and can wait two, three weeks to get what you pay for, you can get it for dirt cheap. And um, I've collected uh, some Indiana Jones figures. I got some, just the other day, I got some knockoff Lego Ghostbusters figures. <laughs> and I know you've probably seen it, but uh, I have a, for uh, my boys did the Pinewood Derby this year. And we did cars and I made an Ecto-1. Pinewood yeah, Derby car. Uh, so <laughs> I put up on, I shared it on Facebook with all my friends. I was like, this is how you not spend $55 at Toys R Us for the Lego set. And I had my Pinewood Derby, Ecto-1, and then all the four little knockoff <laughs> Ghostbusters Lego figures. Nice. <laughs> oh, Toys R Us, you're the, oh. <laughs> This is the thing with Toys R Us. All right, we're way off track here, but so I had my eyes on the uh, the the Lego Kuso set, which was which is now Lego Ideas, where they you know people build something and you vote and it could become an actual set. Right. Well, they pushed. Ghostbusters Ecto-1 through with the four minifigures. It's like, yes, this is going to be awesome. And I was lucky enough to get the Back to the Future 
set. I still have that. Really cool. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna wait for a little sale or something, and I'm gonna go get the Ghostbuster set. It's 50 bucks. They want 50 bucks for it, which is a little steep. You know, I think Back to the Future went for 40. But uh, licensing and I'm sure all that, you know, is included in that. So 50 bucks. I'm like, all right, come on, man. I did, every time we go to Toys R Us, I'm like, come on, man. Give me a sale. Give me something. Give me an excuse to get it. And finally, I ordered, I uh, earned enough rewards to get a $10 gift coupon. Okay, so I'm down to 40. I can maybe justify that. So I go into Toys R Us. Uh, this is a couple weeks ago after I got the $10 voucher. They had upped it to $55. Oh. <laughs> it's now $55. If you go online, if you go in the store, I don't know why they had to up it. I think it's because it just was recently announced that they're done producing them. So oh, what you got in the stores is what you got. And there's like four or five left in my store, uh, which I'm hoping they'll put on clearance. But <laughs> I was like, all right, screw you, Toys R Us. And I went out and I've got this <laughs> Lego knockoffs from China. <laughs> They're actually pretty cool. They're pretty, you know, pretty well done. They have like different names. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's not like, you know, it's not like Winston. It's like, uh, it's like one stone or something, you know, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> they changed the name. Um, anyway, you know, the, uh, the life and times of collecting action figures and toys. And as you can uh, tell, um, agents, you know, this is live <laughs> and unscripted. So this is this yeah, is, this what is not one of our normal mass casts. No, but this was good though. Um, I, oh, yeah, getting back on the whatever train track we were on, um, <laughs> it was. This has been a good series. I mean, discussion brought back memories and and collecting right. um, rabbit trails, but uh, still. This is good, and, and it does tie in because, like Justin here, he was looking about collecting, uh, or at least perhaps looking at buying a Boulder Hill and such. Um, let's get to a couple more comments, and then I think we can say say la vie. Uh, yeah. Philip, Philip Gibson uh, quoted or says in a split second, air quotes, the mask franchise became one with its fans, hearts and minds <laughs> uh, for the split second series. And then there's a few more. If you scroll up a little bit on the refeed of our, uh, um, I guess go, announcement or when we change the date. Yeah, go ahead. I'm actually closed out. So okay. You can go for it. So Dennis Arkell, uh, he says I had afterburner top yeah, I had after afterburner top fuel dragster vehicle. When I played with it, I just pretended Dusty flew the jet and controlled the missile turret remotely, kind of like Ace Riker and Meteor. I pretended new backlash was like old backlash and made sonic booms. Uh, 
which was that works. Um, a couple comments, um, and then uh, Shirley Burton comments. She says, uh, "I never did get one of these guys, unfortunately." And it's like she was disappointed in not being able to collect any of the split seconds series. Uh, I think that wraps up all the comments. I'm not comments. I'm not seeing any more elsewhere, but this was a good discussion. I like, I like this, even if it was just us speculating uh, a good portion of it, this was a good mm -hmm. discussion. And then that leads us on to, I guess our next mass cast. Yeah, I've, uh, I don't know if it's going to be, I'm actually going out of town uh, this coming weekend, but I have watched the episode and made a few notes, but I need to go through and uh, get all my notes down. And we are up to, I think it's episode 38, aren't we? We are. Curse, Curse of Solomon's Gorge, yes. Um, and this plot basically revolves around Mask going to Africa to stop Venom, who has discovered uh, or was trying to discover King Solomon's treasure. And it's interesting. I, have you watched the episode yet? Not yet. I'm, I've been a little too busy to watch it. I, I yeah, need to. They, I'm hoping I can get to it this week. I was a little confused at first because the natives, they were calling it Saluma or something like that. And I won't get too much into it, but I knew the name of the, at least the episode name I thought was Solomon. And it took pretty much through the entire episode to figure out, for Matt to figure out that they were actually referring to King Solomon. Oh, um, wow. It was a little confusing, but um, when you, you know, first watched it or whatever. But interesting episode. Um, we're getting close to uh, wrapping up our season four of Mass Cast here, episodes yeah. 31 to 40. We've got a few more to go. And then uh, we'll be we're we're past halfway through the uh, entire series, so we are. It's been uh, been a fun journey, and we will hopefully keep uh, pushing on. And we had a goal. I don't remember what our goal was to get through this year. Um, I think through episode fifty, if I'm remembering correctly, at least right. Um, just to kind of keep our reviews, we had gone through a point there where we had lulled and we're getting out an episode every, <laughs> I don't know, couple months. It seemed like yeah. for a while. And I don't know, it seems like the summertime we would have more um, <laughs> free time, but right. not this year. This year has been busy. Yeah. Kind of busy. And you're out of town or I'm out of town and, Trying to trying to connect during the summertime. It hasn't been too successful, but I think we'll get on the on the right track here this month and you know, push forward and try to get through episode fifty before the end of the year. And then uh, we'll be three quarters of the way through. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, or two, yeah. 
my math is not <laughs> working tonight. 50, 50 and 75, yeah. So <laughs> third of the way through. Two yeah. Thirds. Anyway, well, I think my uh, my voice is about done for tonight. We do appreciate everybody that's uh, tuned in and watched. I think I counted at least five people have uh, tuned in at several points during the show. And Right. Um, we definitely appreciate you making time for us. And if it's just to stop by and say hello and pop a question in, that's fine as well. You don't have to stick around for the whole uh, hour and a half. I guess we've been about going in these recording sessions. So um, we do appreciate everybody tuning in and all the comments was great this time. I'm still trying to put out uh, new content as it kind of trickles into my stream. You know, uh, I found that, uh, did, you, did you see the post I put up? I think it was just yesterday of that Mexican comic book. That uh, I haven't read it yet, but I saw the post. Yeah, that was crazy. I've actually got uh, the I connected with a guy that has these scanned, and there is two in his collection at least that feature mask on the cover. Uh, and I posted the first one up there the other day. And of course, I'm not. I don't speak. I speak Spanglish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very very little Spanish. Um, so I'm not, I didn't, and Google Translator sucks, so I didn't bother going through and, you know, trying to translate it, but it's, it's very funny that they essentially, it, it's pretty well drawn. They just changed the color schemes on really? pretty much everybody. So if you look on the cover, you got a nice shot of Thunderhawk and Swishblade. And Matt is jumping out of Thunderhawk, but he's he looks like he's Brusato. He's got the same color screen, even though it looks it's got this you know the Spectrum uh, flight suit pattern. It's Bruce's orange and blue really? huh. uh, trim, you know. So uh, it's interesting that you know Mask. I, I know Mask. I don't know if they had a release. In Mexico, I know there was there's some uh, knockoffs or whatever from Argentina, um, and I believe, hmm, was it Indonesia? But one of the Asian, uh, southeastern or southwest, well, southeastern countries in Asia that had some kind of knockoffs. Um, like they did for several lines. Mask was one of them, but I'm not sure if Mexico had that uh, much of a following or whatever, but apparently enough that this magazine thought it was <laughs> would be funny to uh, parody, you know, Mask. And this magazine, this comic, is kind of, it's kind of like the Mexican version of Mad, or back in the day there was uh, Cracked, and oh, there was another one that was just, they basically made fun of whatever was popular, you know? So, so I'm trying to, yeah, I'm still trying to, you know, come up with some new content and stuff. So, we invite everybody to head on over there, connect with our RSS feed or whatever to, uh, to keep it coming in when we do post. And 
um, you know, all of our podcasts and episode reviews and such kind of feed through the website. And that's where we get all of our comments and, and such. So keep, uh, keep on keeping on. That's right. <laughs> well, this was a great time. And uh, th- thank you for coming up with the idea again, Jason. And uh, uh, I guess that wraps it up. So until next time, that's yeah. Jason over there. I'm Wyatt over here. And thanks for listening to and watching MassCast Chat. Chat.